Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. Hey guys. <laughs> Good evening. You guys make me feel so loved. Everyone's like, find joy in this. I'm like, I'm stressed. Oh, this is stressful, but it's fun. Well, I love you guys, and I'm glad you all can make it out. And um, if you could first turn in to your Bibles to Colossians, that's where we're going to start. Um, but we, I'm just so glad that we can still meet, and I'm glad you guys are all here. Um, I'm going to let you guys turn in there really quickly. But we're talking about the Trinity and Tim, Pastor Tim went over last week who God the Father is, and we're going to be talking today about who Christ the Son is. And I'm going to try and go really fast. If my earrings keep hitting this, I will take them off. Just tell me. <laughs> um, but first, I want to remind you guys who Christ the Son is, well, the Trinity, so I'm taking these off. Don't be mad. Guys, this is going to be annoying. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, we're good. I'm a whole woman. Hold my hoops. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. First, let me just redefine the Trinity so that you guys can remember um, what Tim said last week. First, the Trinity is God eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each person is fully God, and there is only one God. And so my question for you is, how does this relate to us? How does this relate to us? Because we can talk theology. We can talk about big concepts that, like, don't really make a lot of sense to us. But let's just like almost humanize this and understand it on a, in a way that we can understand it. So first, as Pastor Tim said last week, God was um, the creator. So God the Father created. And then we have Christ the Son, who is our redeemer. And then we have God the Holy Spirit, who is our sustainer. And so we can um, understand that the Father's plan was to create us. So first, let me pause there. It was his plan to create us. His plan to create us. And it is his plan to redeem us through Christ the Son. And um, it is his work that accomplishes this redemption. And his Holy Spirit that gives us the power to understand this. Um, so we can understand that God, who is um, omnipotent, as Tim said, he is omniscient, which means all-knowing. He is everywhere, came in the form of a man so that we could fully understand who he is as God and who he is as man. Now, it gets a little confusing, so I'm going to try and slow it down and unpack this a little bit better. But first, the three points that Pastor Tim said last week was that God himself is infinite. This means he is the beginning and the end and that we cannot fully know him. If that makes sense, if you try and understand a God and then say, I don't want to follow him because I can't understand him, well, you probably shouldn't be following him if you could fully understand him. So that kind of hit me hard where it was like, yeah, why are we trying to fully understand this God where it's like, we can't even fully understand the ocean. I don't even know, it's like 7% of the ocean has been explored and then space where it's like a few men have gone before. Um, and then we have God is personal. So he promises his presence. And we see this through the story of Adam and um, Jonah and David and Saul where it's like God leads even the Israelites through the wilderness by a pillar of fire and a cloud by day. And then we understand that he is good. 
So neither of those two, the fact that God is infinite and that he is personal makes sense if we understand that he is good, which means he is a perfect God and everything that he does and everything that he says is good. And what shook me last week was that Pastor Tim was like, everything that God has created is good. And if we are made in his image, Imago Dei, that means we are good. Can I get an amen? We are good. So when we, we can literally, like, I can roll out of bed and be like, today is going to be a good day, even if I feel all the pains, all the suffering, all the loneliness, whatever that is, you can still declare that today is going to be a good day because God is good. Say it after me. God is good. God is good. Amen. Okay, so now that we know that, that was a little preface. Sorry, I just had to throw that on you. Um, we know that God created us. So how, as Christ the Son, how does he redeem us? And so I want to read first in Colossians 1.15. I'm only going to read three chapters, or three verses. (laughs) That would be bad. (laughs) Um, Just so that we can understand this. It's pretty, like, it's deep. And so if you guys can bring maybe this verse, if you go through it when you're at home or in small groups, ask questions about it because it is really dense and really deep. has a lot of content with, like, few words. So I'm just going to read this really quickly. It um, is talking about the preeminence of Christ, already a big word. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Is that it? Oh, and he is before all things, in him, him all, in him all things hold together. So, uh, raise your hand if that completely made sense to you. Okay, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Okay, cool. Um, so, let, let me just pray really quickly, and then we're going to dive into that, because that is a hefty three verses. So, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you, and I thank you for uh, my friends in this room. God, we come before you not because it is an obligation to come to church and to worship and to pray. We come before you because it is a joy to glorify you. It is a joy to know you. It is a gift to know you more intimately. So God, I just pray over my friends in this room, my sweet friends, God, that you would open their ears to hear you. That this room would be a safe place for their hearts to ask questions and doubt and um, run around God just crazy, but would you center us on who you are, open our ears to hear you, would you grant our hearts peace, and open our eyes to see you, God, we give you this time, and I ask that you would speak truth into each and every one of the people in this room, God, I know that this story transforms us from the inside out, I know that you are a God that is personal and that loves me, and out of that place, I get to love others and tell people about you. So, Father, would you impart this wisdom onto the people in this room? And would you teach us, God, of who you are as Christ the Son? Would you teach us how to love? Would you teach us how to know you deeper? God, come and have your way. Would you bless this time and bless your children? In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Guys, this is like a love story. Raise your hand if you're a romantic. Don't be shy. Hallmark movies. Dark chocolate, Valentine's Day, roses. I am not a romantic, but let's just say we love love. Raise your hand if you don't love love. Yeah, that's what I thought. We all love love. We want to be loved. We want our mom and dad to love us. Eventually, we want to find love. Like, it's a full circle. 
we are living in this realm of love. Well, guys, let me tell you, the story of Jesus is the ultimate love story. And it got quiet because you're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, I do not feel that love. It is not like the mushy, gushy kind of love. It is the sacrificial, let me get down on my hands and knees and love you kind of love. It is the let me wash your feet, let me baptize you, let me tell you about your eternal purpose and the glory of God. That's the kind of love I want to talk about. We talk about the Trinity, not just to understand this theological concept, this deep and crazy like thought, but it is about understanding who God is more intimately. And when we know who God is, we know more about ourselves and out of that we get to love people. So when we know who God is, Tim asked last week, who is God himself like? Now we can ask, who is Jesus? And why did he have to become fully man? Who is Jesus? And it says it in Colossians 1.15 that he is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God. And we looked it up in Greek, and the word image in Greek is icon. And you can see the word likeness in manifestation. So we can see that the likeness, as in the image, is like a reflection or the face on a coin. So he was made as a reflection of God. So when we know the person of Jesus, we know who God is. And though we don't see a physical picture, we get to know him through the word. And so when we know Jesus through scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is a direct testimony, those four, um, what is it, four books of the Bible, <laughs> Um, that's how we know Jesus and that's how we know God. And then we know manifestation is the second part. And that is, let me just read this. Charlie, can you put that up? Manifestation is with the sense that God is fully revealed in Jesus. God is fully revealed. So everything that you see in the scriptures, everything that you read, that is fully God and fully Jesus. And now let me explain to you. It gets a little confusing because in scripture, Jesus is said to be the son of God and the son of man. Now there are two veins for that. So we have the son of God who is, we can say is this deity, this, it's called deism, which is like this holy realm in which God dwells. And then we have humanity, which is like this lower section where humanity dwells because there is sin here. And so we can say humans live in humanity in this lower realm and God lives up in this holy realm. And if we had God sacrifice Jesus, but he was still in heaven, it really wouldn't have affected us. Like if he died and rose again and he was like in that holy realm, it would have made absolutely no sense and there would have been no relation to God and man. And then you have Man, whereas if someone sacrificed themselves for another person or for a bunch of people, he wouldn't have this like eternal weight and eternal effect on everyone else. It was, um, say a man died here, it would have been like, you have a legacy and it would have been tragic and sad, but it really would have had, would have had no effect on people's eternity. So big picture, you have Jesus who had to be, he came off his throne and he came into the world as a baby, born of a virgin, and he grew up like a man. He suffered like a man. He had questions like a man. He learned like a man. He grew like a man, but he was perfect. And it's a really hard concept to understand, but I'm gonna do my best to explain it. Jesus was fully God, and he was fully man. And the reason he had to come to this earth was to show us that he can get down in the dirt with the people, the people who are sinful, come down from his throne, release some of his deistic attributes, which meant he, he wasn't going to be omnipotent and all-knowing, which meant he wasn't going to be everywhere at all times knowing all things. 
And we can see that in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's like, God, like if this is your will, let it be, but would you take this cup from me? Which meant he had, he had questions. He didn't know fully the picture of God that God had for him. It was, he, he asked questions. So we see that he struggled like man, yet he was perfect, and he overcomes certain like human tendencies. Um, and we kind of have this picture in Genesis where Adam and Eve were given that opportunity to overcome temptation. If Jesus were in the garden, I believe that he would not have been tempted and we wouldn't be where we are today. Hashtag coronavirus, we don't like that. But we, would have, we had this opportunity to see that God gave humankind, humanity, chance after chance after chance to prove themselves, but he knew that they would never be enough. He knew that they would never um, be able to save the world for all of eternity and give them the opportunity for redemption and salvation. Am I right? Tell me, tell me you could do what everyone else did. Would you have doubted if you were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years? I would have totally thrown in the towel. I would have not made it and it would have been really hard and frustrating. Um, so we can't really blame certain people when they're tempted because we know that when we fall into temptation, we can see that Jesus has given us grace, but at the same time, it's like, let's be honest, you don't make it perfect every single time. We're not gonna be perfect every single time and that's the cool thing about God is he knows that. And he said, I'm going to send my son to be with you, to show you what living perfectly looks like and give you this example. And that was why he came to earth, to be an example. So I want to um, put before you four different ideas, four different um, concepts in explaining why Jesus had to come to earth and how he is our redeemer. This word redeemer is he's making all things new. He's completely paying a debt because we are sinners, we will fall short. Raise your hand if you haven't fallen short. Don't, don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> you don't get to do that. <laughs> nah, man, <laughs> we all fall short. Let's be honest, I don't care what that is or who you are, we have all fallen short. And so we see that for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That is his sole purpose, to seek and to save the lost. And to give us this opportunity of redemption so that we can spend all of eternity with him in heaven. Tell me heaven doesn't sound like the perfect place. I would love to be there and that is why I think it's such an honor that we even get to know this truth. That we get to know who God is, that we get to know um, that he loves us and that he is passionately pursuing us. Passionately pursuing us. So he becomes fully human. And so these four concepts really help explain, it's called the humanity and the divinity of Jesus Christ, the Son, the um, second part explained in the Trinity. So we have, um, the first part is Jesus represents the obedience and he is the perfect example of life. And you're like, well, obviously he's obedient, like he's God's Son, but he, as I said before, was in the garden and he was asking God to take this cup from me. Think, guys, he's like, he's like sweating blood. Like he, he's, he's terrified and nervous because he knows exactly what's gonna happen. He's gonna be crucified. He doesn't know the pain that he's about to experience and he's hurting. And he's like, God, help me. If there's any way, would you take this from me? But he knows that this is what it takes to um, complete all the prophecies that happen in the Old Testament and for the one way, for a perfect man who was a son of God, to give us, all of us, myself, an opportunity to spend eternity with God. And so we have this example. Um, it's almost like, 
think of like, um, oh gosh, a three-year-old. So if you see those videos, they're, um, the, they're all over the internet right now, but it's like the three-year-old gets a jar of jelly beans put right in front of them, and the mom's like, all right, you can have one now, or wait till I go to the bathroom, and then you can have the whole bowl, but you can't eat any while I'm gone. So it's like, you can have one now, or you can have the whole bowl later. And we see the mom go to the bathroom, and the kid's literally like, hands in the candy jar, like digging around the jelly beans, like pretending to taste it, but they know that one isn't enough, but they want the whole bowl, so they're willing to wait. It's kind of like Jesus, like he was willing to, um, or God was willing to wait for all of humanity to see that like, okay, you guys aren't getting it right, you're not getting it right, you're not getting it right, but then ultimately you're gonna get the, am I equating Jesus to a bowl of jelly beans? Yes, but (laughs) it's like in the end, it's like he's willing to wait so that in the end we can all have what is fully satisfying to us, fully satisfying to us. Are you willing to wait for what is fully satisfying to you? And we, we look in scripture and we learn how does Jesus love? How does he live? He is this perfect example. And people are like, people can just, like, you could read scripture, but people are like, how do you expect me to live like this perfectly? And that's the whole concept of grace, which we can talk about later. But um, you see that Jesus is, when you're looking into scriptures, like asking how, how do I live like a Christian? How do I live like a Christ follower? How do I love? Well, look at the example of Jesus. Look at the example of Jesus. He is perfect and he is holy and he came to our level to explain that. So the second point is Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Okay, I was talking to my roommate last night about this and I was like, okay, what is like the ultimate sacrifice? Like give me like a a picture or a story and she's literally like Kung Fu Panda and I was like, yes. (laughs) So think about this, think about this. You have Poe who's this fat happy panda and he's like dishing out dumplings all day every day and his little like chicken dad, I don't know what it was, but he was like adopted and they have like, ooh, the dragon warrior and so you have like Tigress and all these guys like practicing their Kung Fu, like ready to like defeat the dragon warrior and protect the valley of peace. But then you have like Poe who's like trying to do the incline, like struggling to get up a mountain to like serve noodles to all of the people. But it didn't work out that way because he's like step three and he's like. <gasps> and then he like, yeah, launches himself up with fireworks. You should watch the movie if you haven't seen it. One of the faves. But in the end, the prophecy was that the dragon warrior was going to save the Valley of Peace. And so when Tai Lung was released, they were like, we need to like find the dragon warrior. And all of a sudden Poe shows up and he is the chosen one. God knows why he was the chosen one. I don't know why, because he's this hap- like fat and happy panda just chilling, like eating dumplings all day, like no self-control whatsoever. Um, and so we see that and we can understand that people were like, we've been training, we've been working, like we can be the ones to save the people from Tai Lung, the, whatever pe- one that was gonna destroy all of Valley of Peace. But you can see that, except he, 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 no one could. See, it was the prophecy that had said that it would be the dragon warrior, the chosen one, who was going to save all the people of the Valley of Peace. And so in the end, you have this epic fight scene where he's like lost weight and he learned how to like control himself when eating dumplings and Master Shifu's teaching him like all of those things, whatever he does on his stick. Um, and then you have like that epic scene in the end where it's like silent and he has like, not the wishy finger hold. Not the wishy finger hold. And he's like, skadoosh, and he's like, Pfft everything, but it was like, that was the only way that that prophecy would have been fulfilled. Come on. I'm sorry, Poe, 
Pose the fave. Yeah, thank you, okay. Is that better than you are the greatest good you are ever gonna get? Come on. That was Pastor Tim if you weren't here last week. Um, but that's what I'm saying is Christ Jesus was the only way, the only way that we could have relationship with God, that we could spend eternity with God. Does that make sense? Like that is, the, that is essentially what it was, this prophecy that Christ the Son was the only one that could bring us to God, that would allow us to spend eternity with our creator. And that's how we have been redeemed. That's how it's, our sins are covered and we are now per- people who are able to because God sees us now as his son, Jesus. He sees us now as perfect and he's allowed us to spend eternity with him. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, come on, there you go. There you go. Okay, number three. I'm gonna go through these fast. We have the mediator between God and humanity. So um, I know if any of you go on missions, you see um, like these booklets, they give you booklets on like how to preach the gospel. And so there's this picture of you have this cliff over here that is man and then this cliff over here that is God. But then it's like Jesus is like the cross that slides in between so man can walk across to be with God. Like that is, it's a really cool picture actually and it makes a lot of sense. But um, 1 Timothy 2.5 says that for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. That is the man Jesus Christ. And so he is the connection between humanity and God, sin and perfection. You can't have perfection and sin because perfection is perfect, and then you can't have sin with perfection because that is the, they're complete opposites. Like you just, they're polar opposites. You can't have them. You can't have both. And so in the simplest terms, gospel story is that Jesus bridges the gap between our sin nature, which we all know that we have, and God's perfection. And then point four is um, Jesus is an empathetic savior. Christ the Son is an empathetic savior. And I love this because we can see that um, when Jesus was walking on this earth, he was tempted, he was suffering, he was hurting. He felt what we feel. And <laughs> so guys, this last weekend, I, with some friends, Cade Winnebank's one of them, we went and hiked a 14er, two 14ers actually, and it was legendary. But let me tell you what. <laughs> so we went up, actually it was like, we got two hours of sleep, we jumped in the car, drove to Buena Vista, which is two hours away, and we started hiking at 5.30 a.m. And once we got there, we're like hauling it up the mountain because we want to do a sunrise hike. That didn't happen because we just didn't happen. And then we get to the first peak and we're like, oh, guys, two extra miles to the next peak. We got this. And little do you know, it was like a sheer drop off on the backside of the mountain. And so we're sliding down it on our butts off this like slippery rock. And literally there's no way back up. Like you can't claw your way. If you could claw your way back up, but we were not prepared for that at all. It was really risky and it was very exhausting. And then once you got to the bottom, there were boulders that you couldn't see. So we had to like boulder around the side of it. Then we had to walk up this peaceful meadow. And at that point you just want to die because it's just forever. And like the oxygen is, is non-existent. So you're just like an astronaut trying to like walk up a mountain. It's just terrible. And then we get to the top 
and then you just want to die again because you have to make it all the way back down. Like two piece. Guys, in the end, we accidentally took the long way. It was 21 miles. Terrible idea. But it was one for the books, and I will probably never do it again, but it was awesome. Um, glad we all made it out. But here's the whole point to that story is we, and when I say we wanted to die, like there were actually some of us that wanted to not actually, like we wanted to call flight for life. Like it was scary. It was hard. Our bodies were fatigued. But the, I think the one thing that got us out of there was that we were in it together. And when I say Jesus is an empathetic savior, he's in this with us. The only reason I could get down the mountain and then back up the mountain and then down the mountain again was because people were in front of me and people were behind me and we were going. We were going to make it and we had to make it. I knew that people were suffering with me and that we could do this together. And so we see Jesus in the wilderness when he's, he's in there for 40 days and 40 nights and he gets tempted by the enemy. He's tempted. He's tempted with food. He's, he's starving. And it's like, here, <laughs> literally could have turned a rock. When I was on the mountain, all I wanted was tacos. It was like, Lord, if you could change this rock into a taco, that'd be clutch. But he didn't. Um, I thought about it, though. I'm not going to lie. Um, but we see that, like, because Christ has suffered, he was tempted. And it was like, oh, you just jump off this. If you're the son of God, jump off this cliff and call a legion of angels down to take you up. Like, he, Jesus literally could have but he was tempted and chose not to. So he sees that first, there's a better way. We don't have to fall into temptation, but two, that there is um, a God who gives us the strength to get out of that and to choose what is better. Um, but now, like we can see that Jesus has also suffered. And when I say Jesus has suffered, it means that like everywhere that you are, all that you're going through, all that I have gone through in like, loneliness and exhaustion and anxiety and in fear and in just all like whatever like you guys are going through now and later or have gone through like you can confide in Jesus could I have the band come back up you can confide in Jesus so when I hear you guys say I have no friends I want you on your hands and knees reading the word when you say I'm struggling at home I want you on your hands and knees reading the word to know the person of Jesus. When your parents are fighting and we're struggling with loneliness and anxiety and depression, I want you on your hands and knees. And the devil's going to say, that is the last thing you need to be doing. You need to be turning rocks into tacos and you need to be like asking like someone to come save you. But it's like, no. All of this suffering, it produces endurance. It produces something inside of you that trusts the Lord and, and reminds you that you are strong enough to get through this. Does that make sense? Jesus is with us. He is an empathetic Savior. I want, at the end of the day, the one thing I want you guys to walk away knowing is that Jesus, he got on his hands and knees. He came down on our level, just like a mom and dad does to their three-year-old son who's getting in trouble. He gets on their level and he explains to them. He explains to them how much he loves them and he explains to them why they're doing what they're doing is wrong and he gives them an, another out. He gives them a better option. Or he corrects them or he says, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Let me help you. Does that make sense? Jesus gets on our level. He comes down from this perfect place, heaven. Everything's perfect up there. Nothing's wrong. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. And so he comes down. He gets, he gets down off the throne in heaven, and he comes down, and he says, I want you. I want you. 
I want your heart. I love you. I love all that you are. I've created you and all that I've created is good. So let me show you how to live and how to love. It's like a parent on their hands and knees before their child, reminding them that they are their protection and that they are their savior and that they are the reason that they get to love. It's worth it, guys. To me, Jesus is my protector. Jesus is my savior. He is my strength and my endurance. He is the one I turn to when life gets rough. He's the source of joy. People have asked me, like, where do you find your joy? And it took me a long time to understand that it was actually just the strength of the Lord. That's my joy. It is not my circumstance. It is not the whatever happened the day before. It is not what's about to happen. It's, it's who Jesus is in me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Guys, and I want you to understand that he loves us so much that he gives us himself. No other God does that. No other God gives up his son to express his love for you. So that's the one thing I want you to walk away with. We can understand theology, we can understand these big concepts, and that is a good thing. But in the end, do you know that Jesus Christ loves you? He loves you. He loves me. You are worth dying for. I don't think we understand that, and it's blown my mind every single time I open the scriptures in the last few weeks, that Jesus loves me, and that I have the opportunity to know him and to love him. So I want you guys to quiet your hearts. Can you close your eyes? Just close your eyes. Shut your mouths. Open up your minds. And I want you to let Jesus speak to you because he does that. He speaks over you. He protects you. He grows you. He loves you. He heals you. He is with you wherever you go. He is the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through him. He doesn't let any weapon that's formed against you prosper. He covers you with all of his protection and all of his glory. He sees you in every circumstance, in every moment, in every tear that is fallen out of your eyes, in every frustrating moment of your life, in any anxious moment, he's with you and he is for you and he protects you. If you believe that, this life becomes more joyful, more bearable, and we get to spend eternity with him. So it gives us a hope, a hope in our future. And not just when you're gonna go to college and what job you're gonna get or who you're gonna marry. It's our hope in our eternal future. Where, do we, where are we spending eternity? Where are we spending eternity? And who is Jesus to you? So I want you guys to jump into this next worship song and just ask Jesus, who are you in my life? And when you go out from here, know that Jesus is with you. Know that he has already paid the price to go before you and behind you, to protect you, to cover you, to seek all of your heart and know all of your heart and give you the strength to steer clear of temptation. He has chosen you and me and he loves you guys. So you can stand or you can stay seated, but I want you guys to jump into this next worship song.
and into this day and into this next school year and this season knowing who Jesus is. Knowing who Jesus is. So in the next few minutes, in your own heart or out loud, I want you to just speak truth of who Jesus is. Who is he to you? Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.